to Beyond the Ring, a podcast that covers all things in the stock show industry from the informative to the insane, starring Ryan Rash. I don't have an attitude. I have a personality that you can't handle. And Dale Hummel. Life is more exciting when you're out there living it. Now on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Ring. This is Dale Hummel, along with co-star Ryan Rash. Hello, hello, hello. Ryan, it's, we have some light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, natural immunity has been building fast and artificial immunity building with each vaccine that is given. Normality is closer. It is almost at hand. Really? Really. Absolutely. I read an article. What kind of drugs are you on today, Dale? Okay, here. Let's use this as an example. South and North Dakota. You know what I think of South Dakota, right? Yes. You think the governor's hot. I think she's brilliant. So South that's and not, North that's Dakota. That's not what you say to me. You talk to me about <laughs> how hot she is. She checks all the boxes. Is that uh, no, <laughs> Okay. Oh. South and North Dakota showing just hundreds of new cases each day and will continue to drop to less than 100 soon cases per day. These two states are nearing herd immunity without the vaccine. I think the rest of the country is going that direction. Obviously, each region's a little bit further behind or ahead compared to one another. But as the vaccine comes in and what we call the artificial immunity combined with all the natural immunity that has been there, and there's new data coming out that for every case of positive, it could be as high as 10 that go unreported with that are asymptomatic. So we could be a lot closer to herd immunity than maybe what we realize. And with some vaccines, I, I am honestly very genuinely optimistic at this point. Okay, hold up. You're basing all this off North and South Dakota. Yes, that's our, our example. Okay, first off, those are two of the least populous states in the Union. Nation. Yes. Okay, secondly, do you not realize that there are 39 million people in California under complete lockdown? <laughs> and, and the New York City mayor uh, is supposed to announce within the week that he is locking up New York yes. City for the holidays. And I, I, I agree with all of that. But that's completely normal, Dale. You're completely right. I mean, let's all get an eggnog and cheers. They can lock down all they want. People are tired of it. it it's not going to continue. I want to, and I'm going to jump to something I was going to bring up at the end. And, and Ryan can, can help me out here because it, and it's different in the state of Texas than it is other states, but they, they locked down. Our governor is scared for his life. That's why he's not doing he's, anything. He's, but. he's letting things just go. From what I can tell. Because yeah. he's scared for his life. We have lots of guns. There's shows going on in Texas. You judged two shows this weekend. Is that accurate? Yes, sir. Um, in different parts of the state, I assume? Well, both West Texas, but Got it. I mean, there were four hours apart. There were shows all over Texas. Shows are happening in Texas. Okay. Up here, Indiana is struggling right now to have shows. Ohio had a show this past weekend. And it was pretty unique. And Ryan judged there last year and, and, and can tune in on this as well a little bit. But I want to pass on just a, a thank you to those in charge of the Madison County Holiday Classic in London, Ohio. They set an example of how our industry can get kids into the ring and respect safety protocols, even with the health department pushing back harder than, than what you would like. We cannot continue to allow health officials to dictate without just cause what we can do. We all accepted the original couple of weeks of lockdown, Ryan. We, we, I did anyway. 
I did not. You didn't. You're right. I, I accepted it. Most of the people did saying, I can do this for two weeks if it's going to save the hospitals from overflowing and all of those things. But we are well, well past those, those couple of weeks and we continue to lock down. And I think it's, it's very clear there's no ideal path. And if people want to be angry at things, I think the politicians that are locking us down, and I suggest you re- be reminded that this was released by China or this is the Chinese virus that the world seems to have forgotten, and there appears to be no accountability going that direction. So again, I'm going to encourage our listeners, do what you can to not buy Chinese items, product. It's not always going to be possible. We don't have enough production here in the U.S. to to, to accommodate, so we, we can't do it 100%, but do what you can. Back in full circle, thanking the Madison County Holiday Classic, they were trying to set an example that I thought was really strong. They're masking, they're, they're limiting the number of people in the, the immediate show ring, but they're getting kids in the ring. They're allowing them to show, even though the health department says you cannot do this. So if we can continue to stand up and, and Texas is standing up, like Ryan said, I think the governor may be fearing for his life, but we can do those things as long as we stand on our own two feet and in as an industry continue to have these shows. I don't think even if the health department is against you, I highly doubt that that prosecutor or sheriff in that County, I I think there's a lot more people that are fed up with it. They're done. It's over. I'm not saying everywhere in the country, but, but a lot of places. And I, I hope it keeps going that direction because we just need to stand up and say enough's enough. Well, I agree with what you're saying. And I'm also going to say that if anyone at the Madison County holiday spectacular gets the Rona. It's because you judged over 665 kids with your shirt untucked all day and could have exposed them. <laughs> but with my mask on though, yeah, your with shirt was untucked. On. Shirt was untucked. Therefore you it was, it was them. called an untuck it shirt in case you're, I don't believe in those. So therefore <laughs> anybody gets sick, blame Dale. It's his fault. There was a lot of kids there from a lot of different states, and, and it's it's encouraging to me that now that that happened without any issues, I don't believe, hopefully more shows will happen there every weekend. I hope we, we keep going in, in 2021, if vaccines are out as, as we think and natural immunity is taking place to where it is, I, I really can't imagine by summer of 2021 that things are going to be, I'm not saying 100% normal, but a whole lot closer to normal. and in much, much better than what we've just experienced. Now, Bill Gates will tell you that we're going to have to provide vaccines to all the other countries in the world. We have to continue to wear masks through 2022. I, I listened to an interview with him, and, and it was Why? it was concerning. I don't know. It, he just popped up, and I, I happened to hear it. But he, he I think he likes this lockdown. That crazy bastard seems to like it. They have started giving vaccines out and to the healthcare professionals and people like that that are fighting the good fight and all that. And that's great. And I, I agree. I know that we're not big fans of Fauci, but I think that he is very informed on all this and has way more information probably than anybody else in the country or the nation. And I go back to the interview that he said that he believes full-heartedly that in the fall of 20, 2021, there can be full capacity, sporting events, concerts, all that. So, again, 
that's not that far away in the grand scheme of things. Yes, would we all like it to be by April? Absolutely. But in the grand scheme of things, if someone who has been that rigid on all this and more pro-lockdown and mass mandates and all this other stuff is putting that out there, I think that you could expect it to be even earlier than that. So I agree that there is, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. I believe coming out of his mouth, that is worst case scenario. Isn't that what I just said, sir? Yes. No, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I, I do remember that same person talking about how mask did nothing at all. And then he's, he's the Mr. Mask person. I'm, I'm out. He needs to be gone. I'm, I'm done with him, but I agree with what you're saying. If he says fall, that is our worst case scenario that hopefully we can do, do it a little bit before then. I did do a little research on the vaccine efficacy after the first injection. You're at 56% protection. 21 days later, you get your second injection and post second injection, you, you bump up to that 95%. Amazing, unheard of. This whole operation warp speed, in my opinion, is, is a huge, huge success. And I, I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. That's because Trump did it. Yes, you are correct. How about mm-hmm. Hunter Biden is 400K that maybe didn't report? Hey, at least some of the news is people are covering this now. Okay. I mean, but when Biden takes office, he's not going to have anybody investigate his son. How about Dr. Jill Biden not actually being a doctor? <laughs> no, isn't she a doctor of education? No, no, she's sir. not even that. No, she has the oh. same <laughs> doctor's degree that Bill Cosby does, an honorary one. Ah, that's that. Those are nice. Those don't take. I mean, there's not a lot of research. There's not a thesis. Doctor Pepper is much of a doctor as she is. Okay. Impressive. Impressive. But uh, at least some people are covering the Hunter Biden scandal. I don't think it's going to get any traction after the 20th of January. You you do believe that that he will step. I, I think he'll step in as well. I can't imagine it. And you can imagine the heat that Trump would have, have received if he would have stepped in on something like that. But you're right. He is going to protect him, period. Doesn't care what anybody thinks. No, I mean, all he's got to do is pardon him. Can you pardon him before they're convicted? I assume, yeah, you can. Trump, you heard. I'm pretty sure you can. Or just pull the investigate. I, I don't know. It's You're right. If it's going to go anywhere, it better go real fast. I know some of our listeners aren't going to want to hear this, but I believe in just putting things out there and what is the truth. And the truth is the electors met yesterday. And Okay, now be nice. I'm going to treat you and everybody else like charade. Just because you don't want to hear the truth doesn't mean it's not the truth. <laughs> the electors met yesterday and Biden got over 270 electoral votes in the Electoral College. Therefore, he will be the president of the United States. I don't like it. I think it sucks, and I could use a whole lot of other words uh, that are way more explicit. But that's how our democracy has been set up. And I realize that there's a whole lot of stuff going around on social media that now they are saying when the— Electoral college votes are unsealed on January Senate when the House and the Senate convene that there's going to be a motion that they'll made and seconded and voted on that the electoral college votes that it was all fraud. The election was fraud and this isn't going to happen. 
And so then, therefore, that Congress will decide who is going to be president, and they still believe that Trump— if that happened, like, back before the election, in case there was electoral college tie, which was a possibility if every time there's a possibility there could be a tie. And in that case, Congress decides who gets the presidency if that ever happens. Well, if that would have happened, Trump would have been the president. So I guess, technically, if this does happen, Trump would be the president. But I just don't see every politician in Congress and Senate going for this. But that's what's out there now. I agree that you are speaking the truth. I I still question suitcases coming out from under the tables and run through. I question a lot of things. I'm not saying there was not more fraud in this election than any other election by miles and miles and miles. I, From the Dominion voting system to suitcases in Georgia to dead people to mail-in ballots, yeah, I'm with you. I get it. The point I am making is none of this has been taken up by the courts. None of it has been. Uh, there's not been one big major court win for the Trump administration in terms of proving the election fraud. Is that right or wrong? I don't know if there hasn't been one, but you are correct that that our next president— Has one of these cases overturned the votes in a state? No, they have not. Nothing has changed, the it, and, and, and hence the 270 electoral votes that, that Joe Biden received. I'm not saying he hasn't won cases, but has any of these wins, all of them put together, overturned the election vote totals in a single state? They have not. Okay, that's my point. If if we had more time, maybe, just maybe. And he's going to run again. It's not like the man's going to die or get, you know, the best part of him shot off in Vietnam. He's going to run again in four years, people. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Do you mind if I go Elsa a little bit on China? Oh, go right ahead. Have you, have you noticed that we're finally hearing the all-encompassing China infiltration into our country that's been happening for decades? Are you hearing that yet? No, Dale, because you're the only I one have. that's obsessed with China. I'm telling you, this this has been happening for decades, and, and when it all gets revealed, it'll be shocking. The Chinese Communist Party has been steadfast to steal research, allow the U.S. to educate their brightest, all in the movement to rival the U.S. as a world power. No question this is happening. They have infiltrated every segment that they possibly can, and there's been people screaming this from the rooftops and nobody listening for years and years and years. But I'm starting to hear it, and I think people are starting to pay attention, and enough's enough. And I am very fearful that our president-elect is going to do very little about it. China owns him. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, that's that simple. That is that is terrible. And I, I'm going to go Mr. Doomsday here. Oh, sweet Jesus. Miss Rona put the entire world on hold, brought China back up to even with the rest of the world after Trump had beat him down pretty hard. And it works so well. It is my fear that just as we're coming out of this one, that China knows what can be done and they're biologically capable of doing so. And I don't know how to stop it. I have a suggestion. Oh, go right ahead. This is not physically possible, but I think you take out the entire Chinese communist leadership. Gone. You just come blow them away, like blow them up. Well, I don't know how you do that without starting a world war. Yes, all, all of the above. It has to be done. I just don't have the the. I don't have that path figured out yet. Well, you work on that for next week, sir. 
I will. I'll, I'll stay on that for next week. Do you have any, <laughs> any other current events you'd like to discuss? Have you talked about AG Barr yet? Uh, well, he got fired yesterday. Did he get fired or did he choose to leave? Okay, look. I heard they sat down and had a nice conversation. Yeah, that's what I heard too. January 20th, which is basically a month away, he was going to be relieved of his duties anyway. So we're just going to quit before Christmas? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I call bullshit. You don't think Dr. Jill Biden's husband was going to keep him on? No, he's Cuomo's his man. Yeah, and you know, I, I am very fearful that might happen. Dude, it's all over the news. He's even, he didn't even deny it today. That is painful. Absolutely painful. It's probably better for New York. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I guess. Get, yeah, you're right. It is. Sucks for the country, but it's probably better for New York. It is that. If you heard, and in, in, in I don't want to drag this out any further, but have you heard about any of the relief bill? Or are we close to passing anything? Or are we still at a standstill because Pelosi wants to bail out Illinois, New York, and California? Well, they keep saying that they're talking and whatever, but nothing's been passed. Well, we've been talking since October. Yeah, it's not good. It is not good. Santa is here, people. I I thought, I guess that my view on this now is if they pass it before Biden gets in, then it's considered under the Trump administration and they don't want to give him anything else. The warp speed operation is a tremendous success. It's five years ahead of schedule that any other administration could have got it done in. And I mean, yeah, they're saying it's happening, but I even heard last night that somebody, a guy on TV watching the news, he's like, well, yes, there's success, but the real success comes from the people that made the vaccine, not Trump. How the hell do you think they got to make the vaccine, bitch? (laughs) He did not do the research. He wasn't in the lab, but he sure opened a lot of doors to let it happen the way it did. Mm Mm-hmm. He, he enabled this to happen. There you go. I'm going to get ahead of the curve here a little bit, Ryan, oh, if you God. don't mind. Okay. Today's topic, I did not come up with. Ryan says it was my responsibility, the next two or three topics, but then he is bored in the evening and, and decides on a dozen new topics, and a lot of them are pretty darn good. Dale, I gave you a week, and you had come up with nothing. <laughs> I had this under control. We don't need to be thinking of topics that far ahead of time. Oh, Okay. But today today will be enjoyable. And and this was 100% Ryan. I'm happy to tune in and and comment on it, but today's main topic. When is it not 100% me, sir? I, if we go back like a month and a half, I had one that was pretty good. I don't I don't oh. recall what, but I can look oh. it up. Okay. Go ahead. Stock show attire and accessories. What exactly does that mean? Well, like we get a lot of questions about can they wear this? Can they wear that? Or whatever, all this other stuff. And like, again, uh, you're probably hearing from two of the most polar opposite people in terms of fashion ever. <laughs> probably. And so we're probably not going to agree on everything on this deal. But like, I'm going to give you my perspective of what I think is acceptable. I hate hypocrites. Like, I absolutely. It, it drives me insane. I have violent tendencies to people that are hypocrites. So I'm not going to tell anybody that you absolutely cannot wear something to show an animal in. I'm going to tell you that these are things that I probably would steer away from in some areas. And then also in terms of the accessories, we're not just talking about earrings and charm bracelets. We're talking about what actual equipment you need to take into the arena with you to 
be able to show that animal to the best of your ability. Excellent. No, I think there's a lot to this. And these are things that that are decisions that are made every time a family's going to a show. Sometimes we have your standard dress that that, that showman is going to go in with. But at the same time, there's there's decisions that are made. And, and I know that this is something that, that I've witnessed across the country. And it's it's very different everywhere you go. And there's a lot of different philosophies on it. So, Dale, would you do you just want me to start or would you like to give your general overview of how <laughs> said child should be dressed? I, I can in a white untucked shirt with a black vest and shoes. That that would be dope. that would be very. And, and I, I did have this past weekend, a lot of kids come in the ring in a long sleeve shirt and a vest. They Their shirts were tucked in. And I do prefer that. Uh. Um, very professional. I, I I think Ryan and I are going to be closer on this maybe than. Then we should even, or we expect. <laughs> but if if they come in neat, clean, professional, I I do believe that we we have the the situation. If we're in a cattle or we're we're, we're fitting these animals, sometimes that exhibitor is going to be heavily involved in it, and other times they're not. If they come in and they've got stains on their knees because they've been down fitting a calf, I can probably accept that a little better than maybe some others, as long as. They were still dressed neat, tidy, everything. They were doing everything they could, but they couldn't avoid, obviously, some of those things when, when they're fitting. But I'm I'm pretty wide open, and, and we've talked about this a little bit before. I think if you can stand out a little bit, it's going to benefit that judge into going back and finding you. For example, and, and there's so many different different situations, you can talk about how many numbers come in the Texas majors or even the pig show in Madison County. This past weekend, they were coming in through the gates that you pin in, so all the hogs would have to come in prior to you starting to, to pin them. Well, if you've got somebody that stood out in a certain color shirt, it makes it easier for that judge to go back and find you and just, boom, here you go, get yourself in a pin. But it could also work if you if you have a bad animal, it may also associate that way. So I, I can go a lot of different directions on this. And Ryan, jump in, and this is, I mean, this is in your wheelhouse. I'm I'm more than happy to listen. I'm all about the neat, professional, clean type of thing. Dale brought up, you know, if you're back there working or fitting or grooming on your animal and all this other stuff, that he's okay with you being dirty. And I know that, like, some people think that's a sign that, you know, that kid actually works with their animal and all this other stuff. I'm just going to be the first to tell you, I, I don't know anybody back when I showed that helped more, worked more with, animals than I did. And I always found five minutes to go put on clean clothes before I went in the ring. That's just me. Again, I don't think I'm not going to like hurt somebody about it unless, you know, if it's in showmanship, then I think you should probably come in there and clean jeans and shirt and all this other stuff. But again, I don't think that's a huge deal. I do think if you're covered in black paint or white paint, or if you're doing goats and stuff and putting extra hair on me. Take a blower, blow yourself off, get one of your mom's baby wipes and clean the black off your face. I mean, these are things that don't take that much time and effort to make you look more presentable when you go out there. As far as attire, I guess I'll just start from top and work our way down. On types of shirts and stuff like that, and it goes, it's kind of seasonal for me. I don't mind kids in a short sleeve shirt in the summer, even in these southern states. 
the fall because it's really, really hot and showing's a physical exercise. I mean, I'm going to tell you that I wear a long sleeve shirt to judge every show. It doesn't matter if there's 15 head or 1500 head, but that's just me. That's what I'm going to do. But I am not offended by kids wearing short sleeve shirts. I guess that overall, if you're just going to wear a shirt, then I'm probably a bigger fan of a button down shirt with a collar, whether you're a guy or a girl. Again, none of this is going to hurt you in the long run under me. I'm just telling you what, like, when I dress the kids that show for me, that I always want them to wear a button-down shirt with a collar. Unless it's a girl and they're going to wear a jacket or something overneath it, then, you know, that doesn't bother me. Ryan, with with that said, and I I absolutely believe you're not going to discount them if they come in in a short sleeve shirt, but when that kid enters the ring, girl, boy, whatever, exhibitor, and they've got that long sleeve shirt on. Everything's neat, crisp, looks apart, very professional. Doesn't it just make you feel good? Well, I mean, I think that they're there and they're serious about their business. Yes. Yes. It gives, there's, there's that whole first impression thing that I'm not saying you're not going to use the kid that comes in that maybe his shirt was untucked or whatever, if he's got the best animal, but it's just when they, they come in with that professional look, it lends to the thought that, yeah, they're probably, they're probably going to be leading a decent animal. A lot of times you see the kid the same time you see the animal or before, or because like I tell people all the time in showmanship, every judge in America wants to see what's coming in the next class. So they're going to look over there in the makeup ring. Well, depending on where your position, you can pretty much see all the kids. You may not be able to get a good view of their animal, but you can see the kids and the ones that are professionally dressed and look the part and look nice. You're going to notice them. That's just part of it. No, that, that's human nature, period. Whether you like it or not, that's just how it is. But, I mean, I, I get parents tell me all the time, we had to go find a Ryan Rash shirt, show to Ryan Rash and all that. And that's cool, and I love it. And I do compliment the kids when they come in and something that's different, Paisley, whatever, printed, you know, stuff like that. Hey, I like that shirt, or I like that sweater, or whatever, you know, all those things. And so, like, but I'm going to say again, and I've said this before, I think that if you can find a way to make yourself stand out from the masses in terms of your shirt selection, it doesn't matter if you're showing a hog, a calf, a goat, a sheep, especially, and I think more judges are like this than not. The class is big. They're going to say, all right, girl in the red paisley or the guy in the green plaid or, you know, stuff like that. That's how they're going to especially when all the animals, there's a lot of breeds, cattle and pigs and sheep, where the animals are colored all the same. So other if there's a real dark one or a real light one in terms of animal, the only way to distinguish in your mind is by going back to that exhibitor. Am I wrong? No, I, I agree. It just, it just it makes it easier. And then there are people out there that subscribe to this theory that from the time their kid is eight to the time they are 18, they're going to put them in one color of shirt and they're going to wear that. I'm not saying that they wear the same shirt from eight to 18, but they wear the same style, the same color, the same shade of that shirt because that makes them identify as that child. This is so-and-so. That was the exact question I was going to ask you, Ryan, that, that right there, because I'm not saying it doesn't happen outside of the state of Texas. I think it's bullshit. It, it happens, and it happens more in your state than anywhere else. I'm not saying it doesn't elsewhere, but 
it it just it's it seems to be very prominent there. I call BS on all of it, and I, I have some very good friends that do it. And I'm telling you, and I've told them, I, I just don't believe in this. So your 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 analyzation of it is the reason they're doing it is what again? Because they want they think that that will make judges across the nation know that is X Y Z. Well, my thing is if you are somebody that is worthy of being known X, Y, Z, they're going to know you regardless what your shirt color is. <laughs> I agree with you. No, and that is, I assume that is the purpose. It's just, I just think it's trying too hard. That's just my opinion. No, I, I, I'm with you. There's one, one area that I wanted to bring up, and, and Ryan, I'm, I'm sure you've ran into it, and, and I used to judge a lot more on the West Coast, and I can remember I think maybe we talked about this in an earlier podcast at the Oregon State Fair, judging their hog show, 100 degrees out, hot, 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 hot. What do you think those kids, what, what do you think they were wearing? I don't know. FFA jackets, corduroy FFA, official dress. Oh, they do that in California in the 4-H things. Yes. And it doesn't matter summer, winter, it doesn't matter how hot it is. Yeah. So I'm out there and I'm I'm pretty warm and these kids are just, I mean, they're going to pass out there trying to get those hogs around the ring and, and those jackets on. And I finally, after a couple classes, I, I got to the microphone. And I said, before I talk this class, guys, unzip those jackets, take them off, give them to your parents. I, I'm not going to discount you for not having your jacket on when you come in the ring. It's hot. And, and this isn't, this, this doesn't make any sense. I probably had five ag teachers up there within seconds, just ripping on me that this is how it's done in this state. Have at it guys. But it just some of those things seem crazy to me. You broke the rules, Dale Hummel. I did. I, I told them to take their jackets off. I don't care if you wear them. It's too hot out. This is crazy. And wow, that did not. How, to me, that is, that is liberal ignorance. I, I, I've never understood any, and like, in, again, not picking on California or Oregon. I, I've never understood, like way back in the day, the American Royal had, Shows divided into 4-H and FFA, and you had a show in your FFA jacket, and I refused to show FFA at the American World. And it wasn't even that hot there then. You could, I mean, you, I, I can accept. No, it doesn't matter. I just don't want to look like yes. everybody else, so I wasn't going to do <laughs> and it. I can, I, and I don't have any problem. If that's a rule and it's not 100 degrees out, I'm, I'm not yeah, going to say did. anything. I had a problem, so I didn't do it. I showed 4-H. <laughs> well, you know, you know, recently we've been showing in American Royal t-shirts. Maybe not this year, last year. But yeah. And again, I'm not trying to like junior nationals. A lot of junior nationals do that. And I get that like people like they think that that levels the playing field and everybody's showing in the same thing and whatever. I'm going to get on my soapbox here just a little bit. (laughs) Have at it. If that is the links that you have to go to to ensure that your competition is more fair, just pick better judges. (laughs) I agree. And I, I, to me, dressing the part is part of the experience. It's what we want to teach the youth. And I, I do not like, I do not like t-shirts in the ring anyway. That was where I was going after what I, I don't like t-shirts in the ring. Even the baseball tees that are some fashion, I don't, I don't like t-shirts in the ring. And not that like I wear t-shirts or whatever, but I would never wear one in the ring. And I just don't think they look professional. I don't think they look neat. Or anything like that. And again, as much money as we put into this in terms of feed, hauling, the actual animal, all, you know, everything, 
why would we want to present ourselves in a t-shirt at the end of the day? I'm with you. And I'm going to, I'm going to date myself, maybe incriminate myself. I, I wear a t-shirt every time I walk into the ring underneath a button down shirt. Well, that's fine. Well, you know what? Now here's, here's where I'm going with it. it. And maybe, maybe it's already changed, but the past couple of years, how popular it has been and maybe more in the, the swine arena to not have a t-shirt on underneath and unbutton that shirt down near your belly button and just wander around. I'm out, Ryan. I can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, Help me out no. here. Explain this, please. I don't, I, I guess I haven't seen this as much or you're not, I don't understand what just, you're talking just about. A button down shirt, but we're unbuttoning the top four or five buttons with no t-shirt underneath, just exposing your, Oh, yourself. Well, I guess I haven't seen this as much. I mean, I think you're probably just because when kids show hogs, they're bent over to some extent. Maybe that's why you're picking on them. Uh, no, I, don't know. I just see it more in that segment. And I, and okay, while we're in the, I'm gonna, I'm not trying to pick on hog people, but I'm I'm gonna bring up another one. What about all the mullets in the hog arena? Oh no, you can't go there. I'm not saying I discount them. I don't. I, I'm just asking what, how does, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? That goes against that professional look we're talking about. But this is when we're on two polar opposites ends of the spectrum here. I am never going to like say that a kid can't wear their hair however they want to. Would I ever rock a mullet? Absolutely not. When the kids come in with mullets, do I like give them a hard time, make fun of them a little bit? Like I remember in Florida, there was these two, I was judging a cattle show in Florida and these two boys, they've been helping work the ring and they were in the same class and uh, one they were standing side by side and one of their calves acted up and caused the other one to like spook a little bit. I said, see, if y'all just cut that mullet off, this wouldn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I may give them a hard time, but no, I, I, I don't care how you wear wear your hair. Uh, That, that, that's not something that I guess, but again, I'm, I'm a lot more of a free spirit when it comes to personal (laughs) dressing and style than you are. I'm not going to discount them for it at all. It just, it just, all, all I'm doing is saying it just an observation. And I remember I, could take it all the way back to the 80s last time I saw that many mullets. No, it, the, the mullet is coming back. I'm telling you. Oh, it's in full swing. Full swing. And it, and it's okay. It's fine. Dale's got a little sidetracked here. So then the other thing on terms of like from the waist up on this thing, I, I noticed in Dale's picking on hog people, but I, I don't know why. But I will say that in the sheep, goat, and hog reins, I do see a little bit of a trend that if you're all on the same team, you wear the same color shirt or you may all have the same pattern or print of shirt and stuff like that. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I am going to point out a few things. First (laughs) off, that doesn't set you apart as an individual. And secondly, what if the first member of that team comes in and their animal isn't? as good as yours, or does really badly. Well, if you come in wearing the same shirt with your animal, then that connotation is already there. So that, that's just something that I would caution. No, I, I, I agree completely. You're, you're, you're tying yourself to that good or bad with that, that same human nature first impression thing. I'm not going to discount somebody for doing it, but I don't necessarily agree with it. This happens. There, there's a lot of people out there that in every state, whatever, that they wear the same shirt or the same, like, they all have a shirt. They're all on the same team. They all rock it. Again, 
that doesn't mean that this kid can't win the show and this one's going to be third or whatever, but I'm just saying, again, if the first one goes bad, then that connotation is going to hang in that judge's mind to the next one. And if y'all don't believe me, that's fine, but I'm telling you it's there. No, no different than the first time that exhibitor leads an animal into the ring and they're showing multiple animals. I'm not saying it makes a difference or you're going to change it, but it, there is a first impression. And you, they bring a good one in, you kind of, uh, you better look at that next one they bring in because they're likely to, to lead another one. I want to take it absolutely to another example here, Ryan, and I'm going to throw myself under the bus a little bit on this dressing alike on that that team. When I was coaching most. Livestock judging teams were blue blazer and khakis. It just just wasn't. Ugh. I'm not. Yeah, and, and the, y'all did. I mean, the, all the, of the, you. I'm ninety percent or better, probably ninety five. Only in the last five years has this changed. Because let me tell you, I was the only person <laughs> who did not do that, and it drove Skagsy Wagsy insane. Okay, so let's go back to this. So at Louisville in the National Junior College Coaches Association meeting. They tried to disqualify the team I was coaching because we somewhere in the rule book you weren't allowed to signify what team you're on, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And you know what I did different is I went out and I bought them, I think, a, I don't even know what it's called, a houndstooth pattern or a different sport. It wasn't blue. And I, I, we went Look out. Look at you trying to be a rebel. No, we, we went out as a team and we, we found something we like and they all bought it. And you know why I did that? Oh, so you still dressed them exactly the same. They just all had didn't wasn't in navy blue. Yes, <sighs> exactly. And I don't I don't see how that's breaking the rules. But I did it for a reason. That was a team that wins reasons at Kansas City and Louisville. So I wanted them to be associated with each other. If they weren't very good, guess what you do? You try to get you them to dress them all different so they don't. Yep. Yeah. But the purpose of that was I, I was pretty. I felt pretty good that most of the time when they went in the, the that room. That is a different, that stood out at that time because everybody else was blue. When that came in, there's no question when the next one came in from that team that they associated it with such, just like what we're talking about. And and if that first person came in and gave them a bad set, it probably hurt. But if they came in and gave a solid set, it it may have helped. Same thing, exactly what you're talking about right now. I don't, just for the record, I don't necessarily agree with it. I just try to take advantage of it. Well, there you go. I want to say none of this affects placing when I judge or when Dale judge or when anybody judges. These are just things that like people ask this question. So I'm putting it out there. I'm not so sure about that because, and, and we're going to have a, a topic after the first of the year and I'm going to put myself right out there under the bus. But in, in this situation, if you have some of these teams in a sheep camp or a goat camp, whatever you want, whatever species you're dealing with, and you have a younger judge out there that maybe is wanting to aspire and judge more and more shows and wanting to use the animals that, that in theory are popular, that may sway them a little bit in their mind. I, I, I'm not saying it does, but I would assume that's part of the purpose. Well, then they don't need to be judging. But that's another podcast. So. I, I agree. Oh, those are going to, after the first year, this is going to go deep. <laughs> yeah. Well, but- much, much deeper than today. Today's fun. Easy. Great. The last thing on tops and shirts and all this other stuff, uh, I have noticed that like some of these girls trying to be stylish and it is, it does look cool. They wear like longer overlays or longer flowing tops over like another shirt. And I'm fine with it. What are those? What are those called? They're called overlays. They're called overlays. Got it. Yeah. 
And it looks, I, I, I don't think it looks unprofessional. I think it looks stylish, whatever. I'm fine with all that. Here's, here's the only thing that my question or concern. If you are, what, whatever you're showing, is the animal going to step on it? Is the animal going to eat on it? I mean, any of those things, th- those, that's the only question or comment I have about that. Because if you step on it or the animal steps on it or the animal's chewing on it or something, it's going to cause distraction and problems. So that's my only caution there. Long as it's not a distraction in, in a cattle show or any of the shows, what about the old standard? You have to have a boots and a belt on. What about those simple things? I believe in boots. Now that's just me. And that's, I wear boots to judge in every single time I judge. And in showmanship, it's one of those things that I look at. I've used kids that have not worn boots before. Again, going back to that show in Florida, I used a young man to win showmanship because he was the best showman. I said, the only problem I have is the young man's not in boots. But if that's the only thing that I can say he's done wrong, then he probably needs to win showmanship. But I'm also going to say the next time I see him, and I'll probably see him again, and I'm going to remember him, he needs to have boots on. I judged a show in Florida two weeks later. Guess what? He had boots on. (laughs) He found that pair of boots, didn't he? Yeah. And so I'm a big fan of boots. I do think if Dale in his untuck it shirt, I think your shirts need to be tucked in, and therefore I think you need to have a belt on. But I would agree with that, and and I'm going to step in and, and take it even from a judge's perspective. I would prefer if I think the judges need to have boots on, and I know they don't. And then guess what? I did not wear this past weekend, but I'm going to yeah have boots on. I I am club footed, like fifty percent of the hogs that I sorted club footed, and and the boots on a long day. I just think I'd go cripple. But Suck it up. in an ideal ideal world, I believe absolutely that that should happen. I am not a fan of tennis shoes in any shape, form, or fashion. I am perfectly acceptable of a leather shoe of any point over a boot. And that I've even come around on the Sperry's thing. It's not my favorite, but it is a leather shoe. And if you're going to wear... A tennis shoe or a cloth type shoe. Let's let's stay away from white. White white's very bothersome for me. <laughs> Is it a certain time of year you have to stay away from it? Or no, it's all year. Like I, I mean, again, it's like why would you go out there in a white shoe in dirt or what? I, I just I don't, I don't get it. But in showmanship, that's probably going to be a problem for a lot of people if you wear tennis shoes. I'm saying it's going to be a bigger problem for more people than it's not. But I think if you've got on a leather-type shoe, I think you'll be fine. If you are going to wear a cloth or tennis shoe, let, let's let's go with the darker color. <laughs> what, what about these pants that are like three foot wide at the bottom? What okay, well, we're, we're, getting, we're getting there. So on to the pants still. I see them with the overlays. Is that the right Yeah, term? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, first off, rule number one on pants is let's make sure that they fit. And that goes from being way too big or extremely too tight. Let's just have a pair of jeans that fit, okay? Should we put a little starch in them or no? Everything I own is starch, so I'm for starch. But again, I, I don't notice if somebody's jeans are starched or not starched. I probably do. I don't. I don't say it affects it, but I notice. I, I don't notice that. On the flare-legged or bell-bottom jeans, this kind of goes back to the overlay thing. 
this bothers me way more than an overlay because it happens in every arena and every time I see a girl out there in them, at some point, her animal steps on those jeans. And it doesn't matter if it's a goat, sheep, pig, whatever. My first indication when they come is like, oh my God, this girl's going to get stepped on. Her, her jeans are going to get stepped on. And so then when it happens, you're just like, yep, I knew that was going to happen. But I am not a fan of those. It's not going to affect the outcome, but I am not a fan. I think not only is there a problem for something really to go wrong while showing that, that I also think it is a distraction. And I'm telling you it is a distraction when I judge because I have seen things go wrong before. And that is the first thing when I notice, I'm like, oh, here we go again. So that's my point on that. Also, this goes for jeans that are too long. People wear jeans that are just way too long and they need to like not do that. And same thing for too short. (laughs) Most show barns in America, flood's not going to come. So your jeans don't need to be that high up. Some of these kids are just growing, Ryan. They're growing. Okay. That's fine. That's what you think. You must have been one of those kids that was prepared (laughs) for a flood all his life. I I still, I have never grown up anyway. Uh, That's not my thing on jeans. People have messaged me like there's a whole bunch of jeans out there right now like girls wearing patterns on their jeans like stars and stuff like that they've asked me their opinion on you know they've messaged me i've told them that i probably wouldn't do that in showmanship if they're that big a fan of them in regular show and want to wear them to show their individuality or their personality i'm fine with it thinking showmanship i'd probably steer away from it but That's kind of thing on there. I will tell people, and most of my girls hated this, but when my girls showed for me, I was a big person on wearing black jeans. And that is because a lot of times their steers were black. And if you wore black jeans and you stood at the right place where I think you should stand to show your animal, then black jeans would literally help those briskets on those cattle fade away. And so that was just something that we did. That's an absolute. It's logical. It wasn't to signify that was a Ryan Rash girl or anything like that. That was what that was. Even if they didn't have a brisket, it helped camouflage things. So did you say, well, you're camouflaging the whole front end? No, because they wore a bright top. And so where the neck was good, it wasn't camouflaged. I love it. Just the chest and brisket era. So I did do that a lot. And I, I have a I have a question for you that we that my wife uh, years ago when our daughters were showing at a, at a national level show Louisville Kansas City Denver maybe even at a, at a state fair she would put them in a jacket and it was a little more dressed up than a lot of those going to the the goat that show was the ring. requirement for a, at a, a major show you had to, if you were a girl you were gonna have on a leather jacket now that's just how it was. And these were these were anything I don't know what you call it. It wasn't a leather jacket, but kind of a sports jacket, I guess, a girl's version of. I, I don't know, but we we I can remember standing ringside, and I don't know if they were unaware if I was standing there or didn't know who I was. But I remember a comment being made: they can't do that. They can't identify themselves going in the ring being that dressed up. And I'm thinking, are, are you kidding me? If you're a girl. You had on a leather jacket at a major show. If you showed for me, that's just. How it was. <laughs> so it's a, I think it's a good thing. I think it's like like preparing yourself to go in. And that was to set them apart, be more professional, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that, that that was all that. Just like you'd go into an interview. 
dress up a little bit. When there's 60 head of steers in a class at San Antonio, Fort Worth, Houston, y- you will do everything you can to make yourself stand out. And that, that was something we did. I, if I had a girl showing for me right now, they'd be doing it again. So that, that's just uh, something that I've always believed in. Another thing you brought up, blazers and stuff. A lot of boys are starting to wear a blazer to show in. I don't have a problem with it. I get asked that. I don't have a problem with it. People ask if they can wear bow ties or regular ties or bolo ties. Again, I, I don't have any problems with any of that. Be individual if you like it. I mean, if the kid hates it and is going to pull on it and mess with it, then probably not a good idea. But if they like it, they want to sport it, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm good there. What would I ideally like to see a kid show in, Ryan? You tell me. My idea. You would like outfit. to see him in a white shirt and a black vest, starch, white shirt, black vest, starch, pants, boots, and jeans, probably. Boring. Yeah, right. And I could go to a, a gray or a silver shirt, but that, that right oh, about in there. There you go. <laughs> you know, and, and that, that comes into, and, and Ryan, I think you mentioned this one time that if I see that judge show up and they're in Sperry's or something, guess what? Obviously, those, those kids can get away with it. But I think you can I, – I am very much going to coach or, or push my own children and families I'm working with to dress in a certain manner that's very professional. But I think you can probably adjust to that individual that's sorting if you if you know them. And I'm not saying that, that you need to look like a slob, but, but some are going to let you get away with different things. Some consider a professional look different than others. I know that like – a, a large portion at, at jackpot shows, not at major shows, but at jackpot shows, a lot of those kids, I mean, we're showing four rings all day. Most of them had three head or better. And so they would be like, they would want to wear something other than boots. Cause just like you said about when you didn't wear their feet get tired. I know boots aren't comfortable. I get it. So I would tell them, I don't care if it's at a jackpot show other than showmanship. Showmanship, they're going to wear boots. And I tell people all the time on when you're trying to figure out how to do better in showmanship under a certain judge, I go up there if I I was somebody that wanted see if I could get away without wearing boots, I guess, in showmanship, which I think is ludicrous and you should never do it. But if you walk up there and that man or that woman is in a long sleeve shirt, you better go hunch yourself a long sleeve shirt. They're in boots. You better go put on a pair of boots if you want to do as well as you can in showmanship. Now, the exactly. rest of it, I don't think it matters. Well, we, we haven't got to the accessories yet. Yep, I know. There was a lot to cover there, Tell. <laughs> there was. Oh, the one thing. Oh, how could we? I almost forgot. Cowboy hats. How could we forget this? I can. So this is a thing in Texas right now. Or there's a big push. To pass a rule at Texas major shows that boys can't, boys or girls, I guess, can't wear cowboy hats. I, I don't know why or what what the big deal is. Again, this is the only thing I'm going to say on a cowboy hat. And if this offends some people, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. You're, you're right. <laughs> you need to make sure your kid looks good in a cowboy hat if they're going to show in one. Because... There is a large section of the population that does not look good in a cowboy hat. Nor does it look normal or I'm if that if that's a person that's wearing that cowboy hat on a regular basis every day, 
and and feels comfortable doing so. All those, I, and I that's agree part with of you. their yeah. how they identify and whatever. Yeah, absolutely, I get it. But if you're just gonna put one on because you think it's gonna help, and you're gonna just whatever, walk in the ring, I'm out. Then I, I think you look, and dumb. I think you can tell. I, I do too, because if you wear a hat all the time, you don't ever mess with it. You don't touch it. It's just like it's like part of your armor. It's there. Somebody that doesn't wear a hat, you can tell they don't wear a hat often. And so again, that that's the only thing I'll caution you on. But I, I am telling you, there is a bunch of people out there that do not look good in a cowboy hat. And if you are one of those people or your kids are one of those people, I probably wouldn't do it. And I, and I the cowboy hat, I am going to accept in the ring, obviously. And it's not going to destroy you if you don't feel that comfortable in it. But I would prefer it the other way. But I, I would I would prefer no other hats in the ring. No ball caps. No ball caps. No ball and caps. And I'm a ball cap kind of fan, but just not in the ring. And then girls and bows and all that other stuff. I'm I'm fine with it. I do think there is an age. You better be fine with it. You you you've encouraged it. I I think little girls and bows are very cute. Absolutely, yes, and, and everybody that shows to you knows that. I and I have said this, and I will say, I do think there comes an age where you got to leave the bow at home. And I, I can just go from like my perspective. So in Texas, showmanship is 8 to 11 for juniors, 12 to 14 for intermediates, and then 15 and up for seniors. So it is my philosophy that once you move into the intermediate level of showmanship, which is 12, then you probably need to start weaning yourself off the bow. 13, because you are then a teenager, you show for the gay, you no longer get to have bows. But I think little girls and bows, the bigger they are, the better. I think it's adorable. But there is an age where you got to stop. I yeah, I'm I'm neutral. Yeah, Dale is not a bowhead fan. I am a bowhead. No, I don't. Fan. I don't mind him in a little girl. It doesn't. It doesn't affect me either way. I think it's it's easy to help identify a child, kind of like a colorful shirt. There you go. So moving on to the accessories of it all, I'm just gonna like general theory here. If you're just putting something in your pocket. You think you're supposed to? <laughs> like a scotch comb that doesn't get used? Right. Then I'd probably veer away from that. I mean, we'll just start with cattle. Like most people have a scotch comb in their pocket. But if you're never going to take it out, and even in the makeup ring, if you're not going to comb up on your calf, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have taken a scotch comb out of one of my kids' back pockets and comb their calf up right before they went in and then put it back in there. If you at a major show with hair, they're going to handle your animal and you need to comb it back up. Those are things. But like, again, if you're not going to do any of that, then it's a little, I, it annoys me. Why do you have it? If you're not going to use it, if the time comes, but wouldn't you say tradition, history and protocol yep. states that you should do that. You're, you're yes, told to do absolutely. that. Yeah. That that's in the, you I'm know, gonna written I, in stone. I'm gonna but. I'm gonna jump in here on the accessories and and give my my opinion, not Ryan's opinion, or maybe it will be. It's easy for me. You use whatever accessory, whether it's a show stick, a halter, a chain, a scotch comb, a pig brush, whatever is gonna make that animal look the best the entire time it's in the ring is what I want to happen. Period. Don't care what it is. Oh well bravo, Dale. That was just 
I mean, life changing. It is. It's simple for me. If you, if you, I'm just, I'm confused. It seems simple. If you need to, to put a goat on a halter instead of a chain or a chain instead of a halter, if you need to use a pipe instead of a pig whip or, or whatever that animal responds the best to needs to be used. Well, thank you for that life altering, changing piece you're of welcome. advice there, Del. Okay. Now you're, you're set. You can go on to the next show. Staying in cattle accessories. Show stick is a real important thing. And the one thing that I see more than anything else is that people's show sticks are too short. And so how I judge whether your show stick is long enough is you're going to stand at the front of that animal and that show stick has to be long enough to be able to not just touch, but actually move every single foot on said calf that you are showing and be able to touch that calf's tail if they're rising it up so you can bring it down. And if it's long enough to do all that, then you've got the right length of show stick. I thought you wanted it so you could put it in front of their head to make them stutter step. No, that is not that is not oh. case still. Okay. That's not it. <laughs> um, the only other kind of accessory that would be two other, uh, I guess, on the kid, there's a harness. Belt clips kind of don't, nobody really uses them anymore. Belt clip doesn't offend me. But if you use a belt clip, that's fine too. Most, I'd say the large majority, if there's numbers, you're going to wear a harness. In the cattle arena. Right, in the cattle arena, yeah. Make sure the harness fits, the straps aren't falling off your shoulder, so you have to, like, pull that up and stuff like that. And any of them will do. That's kind of a basic thing. I think one of the biggest things in cattle that we don't do correctly is getting that halter to fit on that calf and the proper color. And a lot of people use these wire halters now. I will say this for the wire halters. I've never seen a wire halter on an animal that didn't fit properly. Doesn't bother me. There's some shows that don't allow you to use the wire or the cable halters because they're afraid of beat up. So check that out. If you're going to use a normal leather halter, it is my opinion that if your animal is a shorthorn, which is roan, a Hereford, which is red and white, red, any of those things, then you use a brown halter because that blends more with that color animal. If you have a silver, yellow, white, or black, then I go with a black halter. There are some people that show with those white halters on white animals. I I don't like it. I think it looks artificial and weird. But again, that's just me. It's not going to change the place. You were just saying we wanted to blend in a second They don't blend in, though. That's the problem. They don't blend in. The the halter is way, 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 way wider than any animal. <laughs> Got it. And so they don't blend in. That is my point. <laughs> what part of artificial did you not hear me say? You see, I could, I could put a black halter on every color and just go. Well, that's okay for you. And, I mean, <laughs> fine. Uh, but getting that halter to fit is a big deal. And it's it's got to be up high on the bridge of the nose and got to fit right under the eyes. It's got to be tight enough that when you pull on it, it doesn't move from side to side and also not so tight that it is going to make that animal feel uncomfortable, not not just because of pain, but where he's going to, like, that animal, whether it's a steer, heifer, bull, whatever, is going to, like, be angry or upset because it's so tight on them. The worst thing that I see is it's too big 
And when you go to lead or pull, it's down around their nose and you're getting nowhere because it's not on there properly. I think that's that's just logical. It, you may think that, but I'm telling you, sir, this is a problem. Maybe we're <laughs> just rushed to put the halter on and, and we're running behind and it just we don't get time to adjust it. I'm just saying it's a problem. It's out there. It's a problem. Need to work on it. But that was that was good. Moving on to goats, Dale, I, I, I was at a show that I was judging, and Dale was showing goats. I was not judging, so I went over and I helped them after I got done judging. Dale does not <laughs> subscribe to my theory. I do, unless it— unless, uh, unless He had purple, pink, turquoise, zebra print, all these other color halters on his goats. It was very distracting. All black except for one that happened to be teal. No, no, sir. There was a turquoise one. There was a turquoise. That's what I mean. Teal, turquoise. There was one of those. And none of his goats were black at the show. Not even black-headed. None of them. And turquoise and black go together, right? I said, um, yeah, I mean, I like turquoise and black on clothes, but yeah, not on goats. And I asked (laughs) Dale, where are the brown halters for your brown-headed goats? And he he had none. I had black. Why is that, Dale? I, I just, black just seems to work. Well, you're wrong, and this needs to be fixed. (laughs) And I am partially colorblind. That, that probably oh, that explains so much. That explains that the I white shirt. That, the, I just, that explains easy. so much to me. It's easy. I think Dale covered this in his, you know, life-altering, changing statement earlier. If your goat works better on a chain or your goat works better on a halter, then do that. And I agree. And there are it goes both ways. Again, there's some shows, probably not anymore, but there used to be a show that refused to let you use halters. Which I think is absolutely dumb, but uh, especially with PETA and everything else, if they if they saw the chains that we used on goats. I was always like, the spike chains, I was like, how are we getting away with this? But <laughs> never was a problem, but I think whatever works better for that animal. And there's, there's kids and goats that work better on halters and kids and goats that work better on a chain. And to me, yeah. it's just whatever allows them to get heads up and, and stride out naturally. Is is yeah uninhibited as possible. Same thing, yeah. As long as they're not turquoise, correct. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll avoid the turquoise. I don't know, like Dale. When now that these things are so full fit and everything, and I mean the goats are like literally almost to the steer level and the heifer level of fitting them. Do y'all take combs or brushes in or with you or not? I mean, I I don't I don't know. No, it hasn't. It, not to my knowledge. I've never seen one, but like no. I didn't know if that was something. You know, I mean, there's when they're handling those does that are that haired up. Maybe we should, but it hasn't. I had never seen one in all the one, but I mean, y'all are literally almost on the same level of fitting and grooming with cattle now. I, I'd say the does on, on the high end, no, no question. And I think because fitting was a little bit frowned upon in the goat world for a very long time. Maybe we're trying to avoid that scotch comb or comb in your pocket to signify that, hey, I, I fit this one. I don't know. I think if it's, I think if they're, it's probably not a bad idea to have one with you if, if you've got a hair dough and they're going to handle them. I mean, you are the goat expert. Other than a halter or chain, like, is there any other accessories? There really isn't. And no. like, do y'all, y'all use number clips or do y'all just, Safety pin them we've, on the back in terms gone, of numbers. We've gone from safety pins to number clips to even harnesses at times. And I'm okay. I'm I'm actually a fan of the harness in the ring, but some people are saying it's taken away, looking too much like a cattle person. I don't know. I, I probably prefer the number on the back or a harness over the clip. See, I always 
when I, and like this is lambs and goats and hogs and whatever, or not hogs, but lambs and goats. Like a lot of those kids would wear those numbers on their like on number clip in their hair, and I was always afraid that like a goat or sheep would try to eat said number. True. No, I think that could happen, and and I think if you're showing multiple species. It would be easier to have a harness in and just pull those numbers in and out, right? And and multiple out. species, that, multiple animals. I should multiple say. animals, yeah. That no, but, but you don't uh, you don't see it very often. I mean, if you do, it's probably a cattle kid showing a goat. Well, that's just rude, and that's okay. That that's great. More the better. So moving on to sheep, I don't know if there's any utensil or accessory that you need when showing a sheep besides not to do it because I mean I've seen a few on halters, but very few. And if they were on halter. It was like a little kid that, you know, it was there for control, not because, you know, stuff like that. And Or or we don't like to talk about the frame sheep. We get in trouble sometimes there. Oh, yeah, they don't like us. Sometimes a really big frame sheep can go out on a, on a halter. And I, I'm not opposed to it. Normally you, you associate it with a younger child just for control purposes. But you know what? If, if there's one that for some reason just presents itself that much better, on a halter, I'm not saying for showmanship, but just in a class, I'm not going to discredit that person, especially if that one throws that head up and just glides across the ring because of it. Versus, no, I wouldn't maybe either. fighting, but but you don't, you you definitely don't see it very much. No, you don't. But as I said, if that's what it takes to get that one look best, I'm not. I'm and not can against you it. think about think about the last few sheep shows you've judged on occasion? I mean, one out of ten that I see come in the ring. Either the showman's uncomfortable or the lamb's uncomfortable with how they're they're walking that one, how they have the head maybe cranked back a little too. Some of them would look better on a halter, I guess. Is Probably. What I'm, at. I'm not. I'm not saying you have to do it, but there's there's definitely times when when I see an exhibitor leading a sheep that it's just not working between them and and the lamb, and and it's causing issues. You can't evaluate them. They're they're just not presenting themselves as well as they could. And so then finally, that's our last species about accessories is pigs. And whether it's a whip versus a pipe, I don't think anybody cares. Whatever works best for that individual animal. I guess, like, the only thing in terms of the whip thing that I have seen is, and, I mean, I'm not saying I see it at every show, but I see it at almost every show. Like, somebody that comes in and has two whips to show one. I give them credit for being that talented, but... I don't know if it's not distracting. So if it was showmanship, I would probably say pick a different pig if you had to go in there with two whips to get that one shown effectively or just try it with one. I agree. I mean, the just, yeah. And, and I, maybe maybe we're in the minority. Maybe Maybe it's fine. Me, what I'm saying. And then the only other thing is some kids take a brush, some kids don't. I think it's what you're comfortable with. I mean, I do think that there is going to be a point in time, especially if you get pinned, where a brush would be super handy because somebody's going to be spraying something all over your pig from behind the scenes to try to get noticed. Or that one's going to get shavings or dirt. Or So I, I think that having a brush would be handy. But again, I don't think it's something that you have to have. But especially if it's too much for like a little kid to have all that together, it doesn't bother me, but I think a brush would be a handy thing to have. Yeah, it's it's simple, and I think most kids will have a, used to always have a pig brush, and I, I guess I don't see it as much now as I used to. Anything else, Dale? No, I think... You're, you're not doing a whole lot to, you know... No, I'm I'm kind of, it's, it's an easy day. This is your, you're on point on this one. I, I happen to agree with everything. Well, Dale, they've kind of all been mine the last 
three months. But well, no, I mean, this again. topic area, not your choice uh-huh. of topics, but the topic oh, area. Oh, okay. I, I do have, you know, it always is my favorite part. What? Question and answer. Oh, great. Remember I sent those to you earlier today? No, you didn't, Dale. Like always, you just. Ryan, come on now. Dale, you did not send me any question and answer today. I haven't talked to you all day. Normally you call five times a day. I've heard nothing from you. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for question and answer? Mm-hmm. Okay. We only have two today, but they're relatively long in maybe multiple questions within. Okay. Corey submits a question. My daughter is an 11-year-old sixth grader. We are in our fourth year showing Barrows. She is disabled. She has cerebral palsy. She is a fall risk, so we have a kid showing with her. We've been successful, but the last jackpot show, I seen the judge's look on his face, and being a parent, I could interpret it went the wrong way. If a child has a handicap and has to have help, what are some things we can work on in the ring? From a judge's perspective, what would you like to see? Sometimes she gets tired and her body starts hurting. She might not be able to get his head up. Also, do you recommend we go first in the ring or last in the ring? We've done both with mixed results. There's a lot in that question. You are going to be so upset. She sent this to my personal Facebook, and so I've already answered it. Uh, oh, good. We'll answer it again for the rest of the world. Yep. That was literally I told you, you that I, I – that's proof that I – I actually forwarded that to your personal one. I sent it to you, so you, you have heads up. No, you did not. <laughs> it came from this lady specifically. The first thing you said, there's a lot to that question. That was the first thing that I typed back. There's a whole lot to answer in this question. And so – and I'm just going to take one by one um, – First off, the part that where they say that they saw a look on the judge's face and they interpreted it as a negative or whatever, my response to that was, unless that judge made an inappropriate comment to that child or on the microphone, I wouldn't necessarily take it that way. Because as someone who has zero poker face whatsoever <laughs> at all, I have none. Or attitude or anything. Yeah, you're, you're, you're wide open. But I would never make a bad look about a disabled kid ever, 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 ever. But also, when that child is coming in the ring, there's also 900 other things happening that might be in that judge's eyesight. So it also could have been something else that they were seeing or something they were thinking about that was from a previous class, whatever, a million things. So I'm not saying they're not correct, but unless they made an inappropriate comment to the exhibitor on the mic, I would probably say maybe that I I could have misinterpreted it. So there's that. And and it may be sometimes as a parent, you're extremely sensitive in in reading things that may not be there. You would have to be. Absolutely. In that situation. How could you not be? I agree. Yeah. As far as... Disabled kids in the ring. I I don't think that there's any judge in America who doesn't believe that they have a right to be out there and does not accept the fact that they are going to need a partner in crime out there to help them throughout the deal. And I think that's fine. As I told this person, the only thing that I caution on that is make sure it's another exhibitor, not an adult. And then I don't think that you will have any complaints from anybody whatsoever. 
And I'm not saying that if it was an adult, it's not right either. But I have been at a show in a situation where another adult was out there helping this child and it caused an issue. I don't know why it caused an issue, but it did. But I don't want that to happen to anyone else. So that is my only caution. But if it's a but if it's truly required that adult needs to be there to help because they're gonna they're more prepared to do so, I am absolutely okay with that. I am too. And I would if it was an adult out there when I would have no problem. The reason that I'm saying this is I have been at a show where this has caused a problem and I, I hated the situation. I hated everything about it. The show rules need to be adjusted immediately at that point. Just I just hated sense. I just hated everything about that situation. And that that's my only words of caution. Again, and it wasn't coming from the judge that was having a problem with this. This was another exhibitor's parent, et cetera, saying they were breaking the rules. So she asked if they should go in first or last. Or I told him that I, because he, they mentioned that the young person tires quite quickly. If they are planning on that animal getting pinned and they think that's a real high po- possibility, I would probably go with the start, get pinned so they have time to rest while the rest of the class is going through that, and they've got some time to recoup and rest, and then they can go back out there. As far as what do you want to see from that exhibitor, my take on this was, and Del might have a different one, I think these situations are so vastly different depending on child to child and you know what their special circumstances are that I would have, for me to give hardcore tips on what I think would make this overall better, I would have to see that said exhibitor in the ring. But overall, as long as, like big picture, as long as they're out there doing the best that they can and the other kid is out there doing the best they can to not only help that child, but help them succeed, I, I, I don't think you can go wrong. I think that's exactly could not agree more. And and that that that's a good question and I understand and I, I think as an industry we're very accepting and and, and Ryan pointed out in, in one situation there was another family that, that had issue with an adult being in the ring. And I've seen once or twice because of show officials or show rules trying to inhibit just crazy. Just Let's do whatever's best for that child and go. I think it's wrong, and I'm not saying that's right, but I I was so upset and uncomfortable in that situation that that's the only reason I give that side of caution because it is truly one of the worst experiences I've ever had at a livestock show. Understandable. Are you ready for question? Let's hope you didn't get this question. It's not near as fun when you've already had them. I'm listening. This one's even a little bit longer. Christy submits a question. Hi, Dale and Ryan. My 18-year-old daughter has been showing market hogs at the county fair for the past four years. This year, she's decided to go out and compete in jackpot shows. We are very new to this, but notice that unfortunately, a lot of the time, it is not the kids doing the work with and taking care of the animals, but the parents obviously and insistently doing it all. We also hear a lot about how much people are spending and buying animals and how They have multiple animals that they selectively enter based on who's judging at various shows and what they're known to like. 
She is learning a lot, pays for about 85% of her supplies, registration fees herself, and does all the work. Overall, she's enjoying it, and it is a great experience for her. Her and her dad do this together. He is doing great with connecting her to others to help guide, mentor, and coach. Unfortunately, her pigs don't seem to be really competitive, although each show she does have takeaways and works on tweaking and working with what she's got. Do you have any advice or words of encouragement for someone like her that is at more of a novice or hobby level that wants to be at least somewhat competitive? After the first year, we're going to have a whole podcast about how to be a beginner in the stock show universe and things that we think can help those people in those situations. First off, I want to congratulate this family on becoming part of this industry and what she says about how she's taken initiative. She learns from every part of the show, all of that. She's doing a lot of it herself. All that is great. And that's what a big part of this is. And that's what's going to better this young person in the end learning these things and taking those initiatives and setting forth those work ethics and principles and drive and all that, that that's, that's what it's all about. As far as when she talked about that she goes to shows and people pay a lot of money for animals, well, that's kind of like the beauty and the beast tale as old as time. That's out there, and it's always going to be out there. And I don't care if it's stock shows or race car driving or Little League. There are going to be people that pay for private tutors, get better equipment, whatever. There are going to be people that have more access to more funds and are able to do more for their child than some to give them an edge. And that's part of it. I was one of those children. I'm going to tell you flat up that it mean that I didn't work as hard as anybody else. I wanted it as bad as anybody. But yeah, my parents did everything possible to see me succeed. And we spent an insane amount of money. Even to this day, it would be considered an insane amount of money on my show projects. So that's just there. So nobody can change that part of it. When she says that parents do all the work. I also noticed that in her question, she talked about the father and her child doing this together and working together. I I think that a big part of the junior livestock show industry and what makes it so great is that at its core, it is a family project. I mean, I'm not saying that one kid can't do this solely on their own because I do know kids that have done this solely on their own with zero help from their parents. But that's not the norm, and it's a very rare occasion. It is a family-oriented industry and concept. And so I am a big fan of not only family members being involved, but I have an extended family that I am as close to as my normal family that I was involved in those kids' projects just as much as if they were my own sister, niece, brother, nephew. And I know that I'm not alone in that. I know there are are other people that have that bond with people that they sell to, and that's part of it. So I I think that's one of the beauties of the livestock industry. I, I understand what she's saying, that she believes 
that there are some kids that do very little and that maybe adults do way more. I'm also going to say that in those situations that where the kid has no interest in showing and does nothing, that comes through in a show ring. And again, in showmanship, it's obviously going to affect the placing. And in a real show, if that's the best animal by far, then it's going to be what it is. But that comes through, and at some point, you've got to just rely on things like karma, I guess, is the best way to happen. Because I think that is so very small percentage of this industry where the kid has no desire to be there. It's all parent-driven, and they would rather be out doing something completely different. That's such a low number that I, I don't even think it's that big a deal. So I, I love the family part of it. I love the extended family part of it. I think the more people you have helping you, the better. I understand what she's saying, but I think that's a real, real, real low percentage. As far as words of encouragement, what she was saying that her husband or child's father is going out there networking, getting to meet people and putting her in contact. That's what you got to do when you're a beginner. That's how it starts. And it can only get better from here. And I promise you, no matter whether the placing part or if she ever wins a show, she will reap benefits from doing this. I I think that's perfect. And and Ryan, you I mean that that's as good of a of an explanation and answer and and thank you. But I, I don't I don't think that we're ever gonna change the reality of it. And I think there needs to be balance, whether it's a parent, an ag teacher, a breeder, an uncle, an extension agent, whatever it may be. But if uh, to me, long term and lessons in life and life experiences the more that child that is showing the animals involved, the more benefits they're going to receive. And are there going to be people out there, as Ryan said, and it's probably going to show in the ring, but I think not only is it going to show in the ring, but I think it's going to show later on in life where maybe not embracing this in its fullest. And consequently, we're not receiving all the benefits that you could receive. Sounds easy. <laughs> Ryan, this was good. We only had two questions and answer. I am excited about another two really good questions though. Yeah. Another one of your great topics coming up next week. I'm not sure which one it is yet, but I am excited about it. It is Santa's coming to town and every livestock kids or family's Christmas wish list. I love it. Until next week, be safe. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> <laughs>